there's kind of the week in, week out, trying to be creative. You know, some weeks it comes a little bit easier than others. I feel like that's different from the experience of having an idea. You're so excited by it. You, you feel so energized by it that you you can't help but like, I, gotta, I, I need to work on this right now. I've got to get this out. I love having those experiences. Sometimes they do like cause me to become overextended, but it's such it's such a thrill and I feel like it's important to say yes to and make room for that kind of creative energy. Welcome to the In the Boat with Ben and Rachel podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Rachel. And this podcast exists to be an encouragement for creators. Rachel and I are on our own creative journeys. And so we use this as a place to share our experiences and some of the things that we've learned in hopes of giving you some ideas and helping you feel like you've got some companions with you on your creative journey. So today we're talking about managing creative energy. And that's kind of it's kind of a broad topic. I think the idea for this came from an experience that I have where sometimes I will have this kind of like I'll get an idea and I'll be really excited about it and it'll feel like I've got lightning in a bottle and I'm just like I can't I can't get this out fast enough. Like I will burn every second that I have trying to turn that idea into a reality. And I love that kind of creative energy and it feels a little bit chaotic and just like I'm like I'm riding a wave, you know. And then there are other times when I need to be creative. I need to come up with some kind of idea and I feel like I've got nothing. And I like I feel like I'm just banging my head against the wall trying to figure something out, trying to come up with some idea and nothing's there. So that's kind of my experience and, and why I wanted to talk about this topic because I know Rachel's got kind of a different experience with creative energy and how that flows and that kind of thing. So I kind of want to hear your perspective too. Well, I, I think that whenever we get to a place where we're stuck or we feel stuck, it's because there's there are other circumstances going on. So I'm, I'm thinking back to when I worked for a newspaper and sometimes when I came up on a deadline or I felt like there was there was this impetus to get something done. And it was really hard to be creative when I was coming right up on the deadline. So it, it's almost like when I'm not providing it enough time, that's when it feels like the ideas are not there at all, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, that, you know, a lot of writers talk about writer's block and stuff like that. And I don't actually subscribe to the term writer's block. I think sometimes when we feel stuck, it's just a symptom of something else going on that we can, you know, fix using other creative means or solutions, I guess. Why don't you talk a little bit about how that mindset plays itself out in your experience with creativity and just kind of your day in, day out? Well, so, I mean, one of the things that recently, well, I guess it was last year, I got a two book deal. And the first book was already written. The second book was just a vague idea of what I wanted to do. And I knew that once we got the two book deal, it would come with a deadline. And so I made sure as soon as that deal was closed, I started on book two. 
because I knew that in order to give it the best creativity and the best space that I could, I needed to get started as early as possible so that I could, you know, like I said, give it the space that it needed to grow and, and become a story on its own. And so that's kind of my method is giving enough padding, I guess, between a deadline and when I get started with a creative project that helps me not feel because I, I think what happens is when we come up against a time deadline, there's this pressure that happens in our brain and our brain doesn't work well creatively when there's pressure. So I guess the first thing that I always try to do, I'm not saying that this is possible every single time because I know some of us create on a weekly basis. And so for that, it kind of comes down to discipline and having good you know, productivity practices. But giving it the space that it needs to develop is one of the most important things I can do for not coming up against a dearth of ideas, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So you've got so you've got this big project, the second book that you maybe have a few ideas for, but it is under deadline. How do you experience that pressure? Like what is what does that feel like when you're actually sitting down to start, you know, putting words onto the onto the page, so to speak? Well, I, I think one of the best practices you that I, I can incorporate for myself too is to not really think about the other people who are gonna see it or be involved. Like this is just a project for me right now. So when I sit down to brainstorm, I, I, I'm not a pantser. Wait, what is it? I'm sorry. So there's there are plotters and there are pantsers. And pantsers are people who fly by the seat of their pants. So they start a story oh, and they okay. don't really know where it's going. I, I usually plot everything. And then, you know, sometimes that changes throughout the course of the story. But I at least know where things are going and the emotional journey that the character needs to go on. And so when I sit down to even do that initial brainstorm, I try to get rid of all of that external pressure of what are my readers going to think about this? What is my editor going to think? Is my editor going to like it? Am I, is this the last great book I'm ever going to write? You know, all of yeah. these things that kind of happen in your head when you're a creative person. I try to silence all of those and just be playful. Like I engage any idea that comes up, even if it's like the most ridiculous idea there is. It's almost like, you know how you're supposed to in group brainstorm sessions, every idea is valid mm -hmm. kind of thing. I do that with my own brain where I, uh, you know, I have sheets of paper and I'll write these things down and do maps and, and all of this kind of stuff that like really has nothing to do with writing, except that it's getting what's in my brain out on paper. Yeah. So like you're telling yourself, hey, there are no bad ideas. Right. Exactly. So when you sit down to do your outline, do you... It's not an outline. It's a brainstorm. Well, your brainstorm. <laughs> sorry. When you sit down to do your brainstorm, are you aware of the pressure? Are you aware of the deadline? And I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is how do you perceive that's happening so that you know, oh, I've got to, I've got to use my tools here to fight against that so that I can channel my creativity. It's a, it's a really hard question because I feel like maybe I've just gotten into a rhythm of silencing those things whenever I sit down to create. So I'm trying to think what it was like when I was earlier in my journey. Yeah. So it's almost it's almost like you've developed yeah, kind of an instinct. For sure. Yeah. And and you're almost like preemptively dealing with those yeah. potential stressors before they become a problem. Right. That's interesting. I think I think in the beginning what I would do was offload some of those things. And see, I'm gonna sound like a broken record because the way that I offload is with daily journaling. 
So when there were time pressures or when there was stress or when I felt like I was stuck and I couldn't, you know, get out of this rut or whatever, I would write about it in my journal. And then it kind of took it out of the brain and allowed all of this space to be created for whatever idea might come, you know. And I'm thinking of your situation where you you were having specifically this week, you were having trouble coming up with a topic or a, I guess a way to do something that was supposed to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I was writing scripts for some videos that are going to go on our website and kind of the assignment was we want these to be, they're not, you know, they're not sales videos and they're not walkthrough videos. Like they're not showing people how to use the product. It's really just introducing a feature, sharing what's possible and trying to do so in a way that's kind of upbeat and, and humorous. And I, I love comedy writing. I love kind of channeling that and and working on that skill. If you look at some of the videos I produce for Podia, the company that I work for, I dip into that quite a bit. I, tr I try to incorporate that. And anytime I have some creative freedom, I almost always default to like trying to do something funny and, and creative. And so that was kind of the basis for, hey, let's let's do something that's funny and put people in a good mood when they're just starting out using this product. And so I sat down to write and I kind of felt that it was like this pressure that I was feeling like, oh, I this needs this. this needs to be funny. Yeah. And I think I think in the past it's been more like I could make this funny if I wanted to or I could do something, you know. And so But there was just pressure this time to there make was, it funny. And it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like you better make this right. funny or else but it was it was kind of like, oh, there's an expectation now. Yeah. That this is going to be that there's going to be some humor, there's going to be some lightheartedness, and I'm the one who needs to like make sure that happens in these topics that don't necessarily lend themselves to humor, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I I really struggled with that for the first few days of like, I and I kept coming back to those topics and and kept yeah. trying to like, is there something here? Um, and I was I was very blocked. So I have I have two things to say about this. And the first is humor does not happen on a first draft. And I think where we can get, I want to say damned up, but that means, you know, like yeah. blocked. When we get blocked, it's because we're also putting pressure on ourselves to create not necessarily the perfect script or manuscript or whatever it is that we're creating, but something that is very close to what we have in mind. And so I, I think... What one of the things that we can do in those situations is to just say, and this is something I embrace in my own writing life, is just that first draft is going to be crappy, you know? So so humor is one of those things where you can maybe put in a few jokes on the first draft. They're probably going to be less original jokes, mm -hmm. but ones that you've kind of heard before. But then where the funny comes in is you layer it on in your revisions and that those are the two things that I wanted to say is that, you know, humor doesn't happen on that first pass through. And then the revision is where the real work is done. And so if we take the pressure off of ourselves to have that perfect first draft, whatever we're, you know, whatever we're working on, that to me is a huge block lifted because it can be crap. But, you know, especially if you've done it for a long time, you know that you can take it from crap to something really good. Yeah. Well, and so one of the features is called affiliates, and it's basically someone who has products that they sell online 
can also invite affiliates to share their products with other people and have some kind of incentive structure. So like they could, maybe this person talks about my product on their blog and they have a link. And so anybody who signs up for my product because of that person's blog article, like they'll get a kickback. What is funny about affiliates? Like what? (laughs) So I, what I kept the approach that I was trying to take, like, like you were describing is I was trying to, I was starting with what's funny. I need to find, I need to find the funny. I need to find the thing that's going to make this interesting. And there was something inside of me that kept saying, just write about what it is Mm -hmm. and do like the very basic version, just have something on the page And once you put words on the page, once you have the structure there, you'll start to like, those things will start to occur to you. And that's, so that ultimately, that was the approach that I ended up taking was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to write about what this is. Yeah. And then stuff started actually coming to me. And it was like, it was a combination, I think, of, you know, getting that first draft out. But I think there's also this thing with creative energy that creative energy, creativity wants some kind of momentum. It wants movement. And so even, and that's kind of what you're talking about too. Like if you're allowing yourself to say yes to all of the ideas, like like there are no bad ideas here and just let them come. Creativity is kind of looking for that, like, oh, we're throwing ideas at the wall. Okay, now I can activate. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, I totally believe the start, momentum. Start connecting all of the things in the brain mm. and we'll find something really great here. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's the end. No, I'm I mean, just that's not, yeah. <laughs> so I create from a lot of my work is more like week to week. It's not as much. It's not as much it's the not like, like you spend big a year on a project. Right. Yeah. So it's very different in that sense. And I think the other thing that helps me from week to week is I have a lot of evidence that I can point to that says You've done every, this before. Yeah, every you... every week you have to create mm-hmm. something. You have to come up with something. Just about every week you do. Anytime there's a deadline and I have to produce something, it happens. And and still every week, just about every week, at, at least a little, little bit. bit, I feel like is it gonna is it still gonna happen this time? You know, there's yeah. that there's that part of I, me that's, that's like pretty is it still gonna happen to creative work. But I have all of that consistency to point to. Mm-hmm. And that ends up being a pretty big comfort. And it's one of the tricks I use, I think, to just get myself going. Because if I didn't believe and in the in the times when I didn't believe that I was gonna produce anything, I just wouldn't get started. Because that lack of confidence is one of those things that just keeps you from taking those first few steps. But when I point back to, okay, these are the things that I've done. And I have, you know, I have these routines, these rhythms, these workflows that I follow. So it's kind of a combination of like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to follow the process that I followed every week that's led to the result that I want. And I'm just going to have to trust that it's going to get us there. And taking those first few steps, getting that momentum Mm -hmm. going, that's when the creativity starts coming in. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. There's a joke that the writers in my writer's group have, and it's like when you're in the middle of project already, there's always this other project that comes kind of snaking in, like, don't you want to get started on me too? You know, to where you abandon the original idea, because of course, a new idea is always going to look flashy and, and wonderful and so interesting. But 
the the discipline of seeing a project through, especially in my line of work, is really important when it comes to even getting started on a new project. Because if all you ever do is start a project and stop it in the middle, what does that prove to your creativity and your brain? You know, you never finish anything. And so why would you have all of these ideas if there's never a finished yeah. an end to it? And I think I think that also does this is this kind of going from like saying yes to saying not now wait a minute yeah, yeah wait, wait. <laughs> if you if you indulge your i'm not sure what you would call that i mean it's it's really just like ideas mm-hmm. because they're not necessarily fully formed maybe it's kind of like a picture of what the end result might look like or it's like oh there that's interesting there could be something there but if you if you indulge that every single time it, it does take away from the thing that you're working on but I also feel like those are kind of a gift in a way. If if you can say, no, not not yet, it becomes kind of a motivator. Like it keeps you yeah, pushing to finish the, first to finish the thing mm-hmm. you're working on because it's like, okay, as soon as I'm done with the thing I'm working on. You have I, my attention. I have, yeah. yeah, I have this other thing that I feel like really intrigued by or excited by. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's why, I, I mean, I keep, like I said, a file folder of all the ideas and there are probably 70 pages in that thing. (laughs) Just not like ideas one after another. Each idea has its own page. So like 70 ideas, you know? Yeah. But who knows? I mean, I probably won't get to all of those in my lifetime, but I still write them down because sometimes they wake me up at two in the morning and (laughs) they, they talk very urgently. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I've got a lot of those too. And it is kind of, I think the reason I let them derail me sometimes is because I want to, there's a part of me that's like, I will feel so disappointed if like all of these ideas just stay on the page and I never get to even, even see like the smallest piece of it mm-hmm. come to fruition. And so well, like, there's one also, of, sorry. No, it's okay. I, I was, I was just going to say, I got distracted by it remains to be seen if it, if this is a distraction. Oh my gosh! Uh, but but I've had this I've had this idea for a while of a gaming channel that's like the opposite of the the gamer who's playing first person shooters and like rage raging at the screen and like shouting and like how about a gaming channel that's like really calm and relaxing and the games are really chill and it's kind of. It's just a different sort of, you know, and so I was like, I love that idea. Let's, you know, let's see what that looks like. I made a logo. I bought a domain. I'm sorry. I created a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So like everything, everything except for actually recording video because I'm I was like, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. What would that look like? I got to see, I got to see it. I've, you know, you could have drawn it out. Well, I did, but that's kind of, that was the exercise. And then one thing led to another, but it's, I have so many of those. And that's kind of, that's kind of the hard thing is like, how do you, how do you decide what to. Yeah, I think that is a hard thing. And, and there's always the, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, what if this new idea is more successful than the old idea that I'm in the middle of building? (laughs) And. That's, I think that's just a huge, not problem, I won't call it a problem, but just a struggle of creative people. Yeah, yeah. And it's especially, I think, I, I don't know, I don't know if it's related to ADHD or something like that, but it, there is, there is kind of this feature, I think, of certain types of creative people where 
the thing that they are working on and building that maybe they've been working on for a few weeks or for a few months or maybe even a year. They're just, it's not new anymore. It's, they're starting to feel a little bit bored. Yeah, you get tired of it. And, and it, it makes it difficult to like from, I guess from a feeling of satisfaction and creative fulfillment, like from that side of things, it makes it difficult to justify continuing to do that thing over trying out the new flashy thing. Yeah. Because like, what's the new thing that I can make? Uh, there, yeah, so. there are a lot of creative people who struggle with that. Right. There are also a lot like me who see things through to the end, even if it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. So well, you and I are like opposites. We'll have to talk about that specifically. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Yeah. It, so I want to I go back to the lightning in the bottle thing, like riding the wave, because I do, I do want to talk about this. There's kind of the week in, week out, trying to be creative Sometimes, you know, some weeks it comes a little bit easier than others. I feel like that's different from the experience of having an idea. It's for the thing that you're working on. It's not necessarily like a new idea that's a whole separate thing, but you're so excited by it. You, you feel so energized by it that you you can't help but like, I, gotta, I, I need to work on this right now. I've got to get this out. And I love having those experiences. Sometimes they do like cause me to become overextended or I have to like work later hours because I, otherwise I'd be late on the normal stuff I'm supposed to do. But it's such, it's such a thrill and I feel like it's important to say yes to and make room for that kind of creative energy. I worry or I'm, I'm kind of afraid that if I didn't let that out if I didn't allow myself to express that kind of creative energy that it wouldn't visit me as often. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have a hard time with that because I, I do have, you know, the really urgent ideas, you know, they visit me often, but I think I've just gotten into a habit of letting them know. It sounds really weird because it, it's almost like they're people or something, but I've just developed a habit of letting them know I don't have the time to devote to you in a way that I feel like you need my attention. So hold off for a little bit. And once I'm done with this, I will revisit you and flesh it out and see if you are the next project kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't want to say that I don't feel that lightning thing, but, but I think I just, I've gotten into such a habit of basically putting a pin in it or something, you know, that, it doesn't I mean, I have I have a story right now that will not leave me alone, like for the last two weeks. And I'm still really I'm like, I'm already overextended. I don't have time to work on another draft right now of something. So I'm letting it sit in my subconscious. And every time there's a new, you know, every time it visits me again, I write on my sheet of paper what it said to me or whatever, you know, and and so I'm I'm gathering a long sheet of paper where when I do give it the time I feel like I can give it, my subconscious will have done a lot of the work for me already. You yeah. Know? So I, I think for me, it's like, I don't know, I think there are some creative people, and I've actually read this, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a book on creativity, and she talked about how she had an idea for a book, and she never got to it. And then somebody else came out with a book that was her idea, basically. Mm -hmm. And she had never talked to this person or anything. And so she kind of sees creativity as this thing where the muse visits you. And if you're not open to it, it goes to someone else. 
But I have a different take where I, I feel like if we had, if you and I had the same idea for a book, it would be, yes, it would be similar plot wise, but it would be completely different because we're completely different writers and we would have different characters and we would have, you know, like it, it doesn't ever feel like it's something that will be lost yeah. to me. So I, th I think that's kind of the difference is in, in my scenarios, in many cases, there is kind of a time sensitivity. Like it's, this is an idea for this specific thing that is happening right now. Yeah. And it's, if I didn't do it now, it's not going to be relevant next week or two weeks from now or, or whenever I might get back to it. And so what, what I've tried to do is I've tried to leave enough margin and again, you know, you know that I I push against that mm -hmm. margin. I end up, you know, like filling that out sometimes when I when I do follow these, you know, creative lightning bolts. But I try to leave enough margin so that I can say yes when I need to. When you say that it's it's something that has a time stamp and it like it wouldn't be relevant next week. It's not something like you you're not I just want to clarify here. You're not saying something like, "Oh, we had COVID, now I need to write about COVID because it's not gonna be relevant next, you know, like one of those kind of. Yeah, so I'll give I'll give a really specific yeah. example. So we're doing a promotion right now called the, well, it's not really, it's not a promotion, but it's a thing called the Podia Creator Fellowship. Mm -hmm. And we're inviting people to nominate up to five creators that they would like to see win at least $1,000. We're right. So we're gonna, we're gonna award one of these nominees, at least $1,000, possibly more, depending on how many nominations we get. And the person who nominates the winner will also win $500. So that's my little plug. You can go to podia.com slash creator dash fellowship, and you can nominate people there. So anyways- There's a deadline on, there's a, there's, a yeah. window of- And so what struck me mm -hmm. was this idea for how we could kind of keep people engaged and interested it was something that was like oh this will be this will be a fun thing to do this will be a fun thing to kind of you know keep in front of people and if i had said no to it like i it's not something that oh well i'll just you know i'll i'll pick it up next week when i have more time or mm -hmm. th three weeks from now the because it's going to be done and those those are the kind of situations right that I experience more more often when it comes to having that kind of the lightning. Right. Yeah. The so the gaming channel thing, that's a completely yeah. different scenario because it's a it's a it's a separate thing from right. what I'm actually working on. I just I wanted to clarify because I didn't want it to seem like you were chasing trends or something because I think a lot of creative people and myself included, is you can feel like those things are really urgent because yeah. you don't know when they'll be around again kind of thing. It's like, oh, um, we, we, we need to make a really podcast episode the... about the Oscars. You know, yeah, kind of exactly. No, no, no. We're not. no, it's not like that. But but that can trip us up a little bit whenever we have those lightning, you know, the lightning bottle inspirations like you're talking about. I think in there are times in my life when I I don't write as many essays and stuff as I used to, but I remember times when I would when I was writing essays and submitting them in different places when there were ideas that felt like I have to get to this right now and then it was just an issue of managing my energy and managing my time for where where am I going to work on this in addition to these other responsibilities that I have. 
Yeah. And maybe having a plan, at least for me, having a plan for when I was going to get back to those regular projects was really important for me to feel like I could put them down temporarily to focus on this other thing. Yeah. So so it sounds like a really useful skill would be being able to recognize the difference between, oh, this is something that's like really does have a deadline. It's relevant to what I'm already doing. And this could be a missed opportunity if I don't allow the creative energy that I'm feeling to play itself out versus this is something that feels urgent, but isn't really yeah. versus this is something that I'm excited about, but it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. And I, you know, I, I need to stay committed to what I am, am doing right now and tell this one, not yet, wait your turn. Yeah. You know, so like being able to recognize the mm -hmm. difference between those things. And then I like what you said about if you, so I'm talking about in, in my scenario, leaving enough margin so that I have room to explore those things. And what I think is also valuable is knowing how to advocate for like putting your normal workload aside temporarily mm -hmm. so that you can work on something that's timely. And so like in my case, there are people that I would need to go to and explain, mm -hmm. hey, I have this have this idea. It's kind of a like really urgent thing. It needs to happen now. Can we push our publishing schedule back a week so that mm -hmm. I can do this thing? And so like being able to make a case for it. But if you're if you're just talking about like if you're the person that you have to go to, <laughs> you might you might be really hard on yourself. Like you might be the kind of person who's like, no, if I don't if I don't yeah. do this every single week, you have week, to do this and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe you need to learn how to give yourself permission to take a break from your normal stuff so that you can do this. You know, yeah. So, so that you can take advantage of this opportunity. That's definitely what I have to do, and I have to have a plan for how long I expect it to take so that I know when I can get back to my other projects. So I actually did that recently because I had to turn in final edits and that wasn't really on my radar. So I put aside, I've actually put aside two projects, even though I'm working on five already and have a plan to get back to them as soon as I'm done with one more, one more draft of another book. So yeah, it's I don't, hard to be creative, isn't it? Yeah, I was so I had a I had a one on one with my manager and we're working on a lot of really exciting stuff like company wide. But he even made the comment like, you know, you're you're juggling a lot of things. And I was like, yeah. And when I sat, you know, when I sat down to kind of like yeah, figure out where things out. belong, I was like, man, it would be great to have Rachel's brain right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I worked it out, you know, I've got it sorted. So yeah, it's good. All right. Well, I, th I think that was a really good discussion mm -hmm. and definitely gave me some insights that I didn't have before. So I just wanted to add one thing about feeling stuck, too. Sometimes we what I was saying about feeling stuck, it can be a symptom of some other things going on. So all of the things that we've talked about up until now, you know, journaling, meditation, moving our bodies, those things can help us feel unstuck whenever we're struggling with that. So a lot of times, like if I get to a sticky point in a story where I'm like, I'm not really sure what I want to do with this, I'll just go take a walk in the little wilderness area behind our house. And there's just, there's something about being outside and, and moving your body that gets your brain, maybe it's just, you know, away from the computer, away from the regular places that you, uh, you create, and it just gets all of those creative juices flowing. 
So that's a big deal to me. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a good metaphor for this, but I like the the visual that I get in my head is like when you're trying to force creativity, it's almost like you know there's this hole that you're trying to push your creativity through, and you're just you're pushing so hard. So if, like people who are watching live can see my flat palm yeah. going up against my fist, and when you do things like you go for a walk or you meditate and really just, and you mentioned, cause we were talking about this earlier today, you mentioned consuming. Oh yeah. I read other books and yeah. even like nonfiction stuff where a lot of magazines, National Geographic is like one of my favorites for just getting ideas going in the head, yeah. which is strange because it's like a nonfiction science magazine, but it's, there's something about it that's just really, really good. So without all of that pressure, it it's almost like it gets relax. to relax mm -hmm. and then it takes the shape that it needs to to finally work its way through. Yeah. And uh and that's definitely been, you know, my experience is I and and I'll fight it sometimes too. Like the, a couple of days ago when I was struggling so much to come I was like, I should I should go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Like it's beautiful outside. I'm like no, if I just sit here long yeah. enough and I make myself, I can, I know I can, and it just so wasn't So counterproductive. Happening. It's like yeah. you waste that time. Yeah. So go for a walk. All right. Read a book. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We are, if you go to intheboatpodcast.com, you can sign up for our newsletter. Rachel, if people want to follow you, where can they find you? I'm at racheltolson.com. And I am at bentolson.com. And I'm also at Ben Tolson on all of the things. Thank you all so much for listening and we will see you next time. See you. After show okay quickly Just we kidding. we have a birthday party this weekend tomorrow yeah that's part of what woke me up at two is i was trying to figure out how am i gonna have the time i make i make all the stuff and that's mm -hmm. part of the problem <laughs> yeah because i'm a what would you what would you call it overachiever no it's not it's not even about achievement it's like i cannot let go of healthy food like well, Food it's, for health. Yeah, it's a couple of different things. So I can't let go. Well, there's we could have asked people to bring stuff, but yeah. you're we're inviting them to to our home. To our house. And yeah. you you feel like mm -hmm. I've got to be the one who provides this stuff. You care about it being healthy, mm -hmm. which is good, you know. So you want to get I more, don't want it to have preservatives or food coloring or you Yeah, know. so you tend to get more like whole foods that mm -hmm. have to be prepared into whatever party foods you want to make. And so one of the things mm -hmm. but we we did get tuna and it's not that hard to make, you know, tuna salad or whatever. But you want to offer an alternative because you know that some people don't like tuna. Well, and I'm also plant based and, and so And you're plant based. So you're offering a plant based alternative. Salad, yeah. Yeah, just chickpea salad where you can get 
the healthy alternatives already prepared, you'd prefer not to spend the extra money. Right. And you value you value the money over your time and energy. Do I? Maybe I do. That's kind of sad. It's because I'm a woman. You think it is? <laughs> I can kind of see that. So, yeah. Well, actually, I think I think that might be a part of it, but I think the bigger part of it is that you didn't grow up in a wealthy household. And yeah. so like I think a lot of a lot of people who grew up in or near poverty have that kind of mentality and that experience with money. They tend to value money more than their time and energy. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I worked at Subway. And and that was... that is a Ooh, I don't want to say don't don't sue us Subway, but you only paid me like six dollars an hour. So was that minimum wage back then? No, I think no, it was, was actually that like was a little bit more. So they were paying you more than no, minimum wage. I was only making minimum wage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wasn't I mean, until yeah, that I was... went to the convenience store and sold alcohol that I got just a little bit more than minimum wage. Yeah, it's so tough. That's such a persistent mentality that even when you do start to like make more money and have more margin in your budget and stuff, it's still really tough to get out of that mindset yeah. and it kind of manifests itself i think in a couple of different ways either you're like hyper focused on every single penny or you just don't like to think about it and you tend to spend excessively and you might oscillate back and forth between yeah. those two things yeah i'm not saying you specifically i'm just saying people who i mean i feel guilty about buying a new pair of running shoes even though i you know yeah need them for my sanity. I was able to convince you to let me take you on a date yeah. tonight. So we're going to go see a movie. It's been a while too. So yeah, but we got to get all the birthday stuff done. All right. I think that's the clue. Thanks for watching and we'll see y'all next week.